Good morning, church. Happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday. It's such a wonderful time to celebrate together, to worship God through song and study his word. So please stand with me as we come together and worship. And 
As he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. On a hill called Calvary Stands an endless mercy tree Every broken, weary soul Find your rest and be made whole Stripes of love that stain its frame Shed to wash away God, your love released, salvation brought the mercy tree. In the sky between two thieves, on the blameless prince of peace, bruised and battered, scarred and scorned. Sacred head pierced by our thorns. In his fairness was his cry. The perfect lamb was crucified. The sacrifice of victory, our Savior chose the mercy tree. Open dark that violent day, the whole earthquake at love's display. Three days silence in the ground, his body bored for heaven's crown. On that bright and glorious day, when heaven opened up the grave, he's alive and risen indeed. Oh, praise him for the mercy tree. Death has died, love has won. Love as one. 
Emmanuel Baptist Church, and we want to welcome those online as well. Happy Easter. We're so excited for you to be here, and we wanted to invite you this Wednesday evening at 6.30 to our business meeting. It's going to be followed by prayer and share. It's over in the chapel, or sorry, fellowship hall in the other building if you want to come at 6.30, and we also wanted to tell you about Illinois Baptist Disaster Relief. They are celebrating 40 years this year. And to think it all started right here in our church, which is really cool. <clears throat> if you would like to become part of the Disaster Relief team, training is on April 14th and 15th, and you can be trained in a lot of different things. So are you ready for the list? We have chainsaws, chaplaincy, childcare, assessment, communications, DR 101, which is Disaster Relief 101. If you have no idea what disaster relief is, that's where you'll want to be. Evangelism, feeding, food reco flood recovery, not food recovery, <laughs> flood recovery, forklift, form stack, health and safety, incident command, quick rapid response, and shower and laundry. Those are all places you can get plugged in and can help with their disaster relief team. You're it. Good morning, all. It's so good to see this place so full. Uh, so uh, coming up on April 28th and 29th is the Priority Women's Conference. And um, this year it's going to be at the Bank of Springfield Center in Springfield, of course. And the keynote speakers will include Dwayne Taylor, Kathy Litton, and um, Christy Gibson. All right, I'm it. Who's next? I'm coming out there. All right, beginning next Sunday, though, April the 16th, there are three classes to choose from beginning at 6, which is we're just going to have, like, more Sunday school. Who doesn't like more Sunday school? Uh, you like Sunday Jacob likes Sunday school. I like Sunday school. There's more Sunday school, and the, um, I am going to lead one of the sessions. It's called Redeemed by the Screen, which means, hmm, the screen, phones different things like that. It's really going to be very good. Short, three weeks long. You'll really want to come to that. Or you can come and Lisa Woodman's going to be talking about taking the X out of anxiety. And I mean, if you want to hear Pastor Cliff again, you can go to his. And his is the Baptist Faith and Message discussion, which is really good too. So you want to pick one of those three and we hope to see you next week. Um, I have a deacon coming up and it's Richard Hazelwood. Hey, Tag, you're it. Now, do I get to pick which one of the bubbly people I get to follow? 
I wanted to thank you for being here today. We're glad to see each and every one of you. For those online, we do appreciate you joining with us. Let's bow together as we pray. Our Father in heaven, we do thank you so much for this beautiful day. We thank you for your son who willingly gave his life that we can know forgiveness. As we heard, as we sung today, there's so many things that we need to offer our lives and forgiveness for. And we thank you for being willing to shed your blood that we could have them forgiven, that we can trust you as our Savior, we can have the promise of heaven whenever that time comes. We come today to celebrate that moment in time when you, having given your life, were resurrected from the dead. We don't know exactly what the day was like. We can only imagine that it's a bright, beautiful day, such as it is today, and you came out of the grave to later be seen and later to go back to heaven to be with your Father. We thank you, Lord, for having willingly done that for us. And someday, as we give our lives for you, we get to join with you. We hope and pray that everyone who's here today has made that choice. But if not, this could be the day that they would choose you as their Savior and follow you in believers' baptism and come to know you as Savior and Lord. We thank you so much again for this day. I ask that you guide and direct in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand with us once again as we come together and worship through song. Water you turned into wine And opened the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you. And into the darkness you shine. And out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you. Because our God is greater. Our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Into the darkness you shine, and out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you, none like you, because our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? 
what could stand against our God is greater our God is stronger God you are higher than any other our God is healer awesome in power our God our God, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. The sun sets free. 
be seated. Excited to be here. All right. And I didn't, I'm not even responsible for that one. <laughs> All right. So it's, it's a good day. We get to celebrate the resurrection, right? We don't get to be a child of God unless he goes to the cross and comes out of the grave. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, we're, we're walking through the book of Luke. We've been walking through. we got guests here today, so you haven't been here for the whole thing. But we started back in March. We'll talk about that a little bit. But, but Luke leads us from 951 to this thing that Jesus is on his way for the ascension. And we usually think of Jerusalem as the destination, but the ascension is the destination. So even today, we don't finish up what Luke's talking about. we got one more, one more Sunday to talk about that, but Jesus comes to the cross, right? And the way the cross leads home, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So several years ago, we're in Luke chapter 24, if you want to turn there, we'll get there in a minute. Like, like pre-children when we had at our house, it was shortly after Lisa and I were married, I had a new motorcycle, we had friends, he rode, I rode, we were going to take a trip. And we were going to do this vacation where we took the car, and one of us guys would get to drive the motorcycle. Now that sounds like a grand idea. I mean, we're all ready to go. I think we were headed up to the Dakotas, Mount Rushmore, stuff like that. Motorcycle roads picked out. And then one day... My wife, who's just newly graduated from SIU Edwardsville, she gets this call from the Burden School District, and they want her to come and fill in for uh, maternity leave, I think is what it was. Anyway, there was going to be a teacher off for a whole year, not for a week or not for a day, but for a whole year, and could she fill that spot? And of course, when you're looking for a job, when somebody calls you with a job, you say, Yes, which means the trip's off. I mean, this motorcycle trip, my first big one, it's off the table, right? You mean, you're hoping for this big trip, and all of a sudden it kind of goes, well, it's kind of sad, right? I mean, that's just kind of the way it was. It was from the hope to the sadness we're going to take this trip. Just a couple years ago when we went into this whole COVID, you can slides there, when we went into this whole COVID thing, right? There, there was the, people had trips planned. I mean, I, I know some people that had trips planned to Europe. And, and that all sounds grand, but you can't get over there on a motorcycle. Okay? Just going to say. But anyway, people had to undo all of their plans, right? Have you been there? When you were looking forward to some, some kind of trip and all of a sudden you had to unpack the bag, so to speak? You didn't get, you didn't, it, it didn't go right. Maybe you, maybe you were all, were all in line for a promotion, or you were all in line for a job, or a house, and, and somehow things fell through the floor, right? The job didn't happen. The promotion didn't happen. The, the house didn't pass inspection, or, or somebody else swooped in and, and bid way more than you wanted for it. <coughs> Excuse me. 
We ride as we, as we work through our way through the gospel. You imagine the, the roller coaster they're on? That's what we're talking about, this idea of this roller coaster, this emotional roller coaster that they're on. And so they're all, they're all planning on, on um, Jesus being the Messiah, right? That's what, the, that's what their hope is. I mean, just as they came into the city earlier this week, they cried out, Hosanna. The streets were lined with people to greet Jesus. Everything that you're hoping for, it looks like it's going to happen. And here today, well, it changed, didn't it? It changed. So think about this. As we walk through the Gospel of Luke, as we walk through the Gospel of Luke, these are the things that we talked about. Jesus is it's coming. They don't know that. Gets him ready, and one of the things he first does in the end of math, in the end of Luke nine, is he sends out the messengers. We talked about that. Then he, then he, he taught them over judgment, the idea of mercy over judgment. Then he talked about about kingdom priorities, the kingdom of God first, and then he talked about he taught them how to pray, because he knew that they would need to do all of these things. Then, as a matter of fact, when he came into Jerusalem, after they cried out Hosanna. He lived every one of those things. He lived every one of those things. He, he modeled everything that he taught them right in front of them. But then, I mean, things still sound great. But then, the crowd changed. They cried out, crucify him. And that's exactly what they did. And so Jesus breathed in the end of the 23rd chapter, Jesus breathed his last breath. He died. And what do you do with somebody that's dead? They buried him. Right? I mean, they, they, they checked him out. He's dead. They thrust the spear into his side. He's done. Joseph of Arimathea, Arimathea buries him in the tomb. They roll a stone. That's pretty much the end of the story. That's the end of the story. So the expectations that they had, I mean, can you imagine what their expectations were like when they walked into Jerusalem? He's crying out, Hosanna. And now, everything's, it's unpack the bag moment. Because everything that you dreamed of, everything you thought might happen, is now off of the table. It's off of the table. Expectations have changed. Expectations have changed. We're going to read here in Luke chapter 24, we're going to read the first 35 verses, okay? We're going to read, the, it's a lot of reading, read through here. It's the story of the women going to the, to the tomb, and what do they find? What are they expecting? And then we're going to read about the, the, the two on the road to Emmaus, and their, their account of the day, and trying to wrestle with that as they walked with as you'll, know, as you'll learn here, Jesus they walked with. So here we are in the New American Standard. It'll be on the screens here. You can read along with me. You can read along with, your, with, in, you can read along with me in your Bible there that you have either paper or electronic. All right. But on the first day of the week, Sunday, right? On the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. 
But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them and stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee saying that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now there were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, also the other women with them, were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are these words that you were exchanging with one another as you were walking? And they stood still, looked sad. One of them named Cleophas answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the, of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty indeed and word in the sight of God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also, some, among, some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that, he had also, that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but, they, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish man and slow of heart, to believe in all, the, all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he were going further. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it. Breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? 
And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to, to relate their experience on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. So we start this chapter out. I mean, it's powerful stuff, right? This is stuff that when you, get, when you read it, I get excited about it. I hope you do too. But they, they were bringing the spices. And the end of chapter 23 tells us that they went back and they prepared spices. They knew they were coming back to the tomb to fix the body of Jesus up the right Okay, that's what they were going to do. And it tells us that they were bringing the spices that they, that they had prepared. They had an expectation, what? That they were going to use their spices on a dead body. That's exactly what they expected to find. They expected, I mean, they got spices, they get up early in the morning. Like dawn, I don't know if you were awake as the sun was coming up, but maybe you were thinking about that. The women were on their way to the tomb. And as they were making their way to the tomb, they're, they're comforting one another again. Their expectations of this, this one who was going to redeem Israel were dashed. I mean, he was dead. They had the spices in their hand to prepare his body. All right, They had the spices in their body. And when they get there, they find the stone rolled away. They find the stone rolled away. And when they, when they go in there, what do they find? They find two angels. Two men appeared to them. Two angels appeared to them. And what did the angels tell them? He is not here. We know that, right? Okay? I mean, we're, we're looking for the body, and you're correct. He's not here. And, and that's what, that's what the, the, the women have to do. These two guys tell me he's not here. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Well, we were looking for a dead guy. But he's not dead. He's alive. That's what the angels, that's the news the angels give to them. And as they wrestle with that, can you imagine what that's like? As you, the emotional part of that. Because you go, this is what you expect. And when you get there, it's nothing that you ever expected to happen. It's nothing that you ever expected to happen. The grave is empty. There's two angels that tell you that he's alive. And now you get to go back. And you get to tell that back to the eleven disciples and whoever else was with them and they go back and they begin to tell them we went to the tomb we saw two angels the body of Jesus is not there he's living and of course that makes perfect sense right they describe it as nonsense when they come back babbling it's it's that's that's the kind of interpretation i'm just going to you know use my poetic license there the idea that the when women coming back with that news they come babbling back about jesus being alive how can he be alive when he was dead we saw him buried in the grave you went out there but no no he's alive the angels told us the angels told you it's all nonsense and that's what's going on in the story and luke leaves it there and then he he transitions to a story about two guys or two people on their way to Emmaus, about seven miles away. They're walking. And they're walking to Emmaus. And, and they're talking about the last three days. They're talking with one another about Jesus. I mean, really, you know, and, and so they're talking about all this, and, and Jesus comes up and walks with them. 
This is not by accident. This is by intention that Jesus comes back to talk to, talk to him, to these two, two, two people. And as he does that, as he does that, there is sound that he doesn't know what's been going on, right? That's the impression that he gets. How did you not know about this? Here's what Jesus says. As he begins to talk to them, they don't know who it is. He says, was it not necessary? Was it not necessary? Jesus speaking. I want you to pay attention because this is important. Because right now, we're fixated on the fact that the grave is empty. Correct? I mean, hallelujah, we sang about that. The grave is empty. Death has been defeated because Jesus walked out of the grave. I'm excited about that. But as Jesus talks about this, Jesus says, was it not necessary for Christ to suffer? When he says that, what's he pointing at? It's the cross that he's pointing at. He's pointing at the cross. You see, then he goes on to talk about and enter into his glory, which is the resurrection that's the, and the ascension that's going to happen. So what happens in, in that sentence there, as he begins to, he prefaces it, and then he begins to explain from the prophets and the scriptures what God's plan was. This was God's plan all along. And it included the suffering on the cross. So I want us to stop for a moment. I want us to, to camp here for a minute. Because the cross is just as important as the resurrection. Because it's on the cross that he does what? That he sheds his blood. That's powerful, folks, because we don't get to be called a child of God. We have no eternal life. We don't overcome death without Him paying the penalty for our sins. And that's what He did on the cross. That's what He did on the cross. So it was necessary for Him to suffer. As we celebrate the resurrection, we need to be thankful and mindful that He went to the cross for us. Then he bled, and he died, and he paid. That was our penalty. That was my penalty. That was your penalty. He paid that on the cross. It was necessary. God's plan for redemption included sending his son to die a horrible death with the weight of all of our sin, past, present, and future, of all of mankind on his shoulders. The day goes dark because of it. Jesus Christ died for our sins. It's not a, that's a free gift offered to you and I. It's not an automatic. You've got to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what the, that's what the celebration is about when you understand what Jesus has done. The Lord has really risen. I love, I love this part of the story, right? I mean, hey, come in here. The day's almost over. You don't want to travel any further. They find out they've been with Jesus. It's not too late to travel anymore, is it? I mean, they hop back on their sandals and off they go back to Jerusalem. Seven miles. 
And I guess those seven miles didn't feel like the last seven miles because they got something to tell. And when they get back to the 11, the 11 say, hey, Jesus, uh, Jesus revealed himself to Peter. Peter's seen Jesus. What? Last time we knew, you said it was nonsense. Now we know, you know. Let me tell you what happened. It's that excitement that they get to, to tell everybody what's going on. And I'm telling you, that story, that excitement never goes away. That's the excitement that we ought to be able to tell people. We're celebrating the what? A living Savior. We're celebrating a, a Jesus who walked out of a grave, right? That's what we're doing. He died on the cross. He, oh, and they buried Him in a grave because He was dead. And He overcame death. The empty tomb. Jesus is alive. That's what you and I to celebrate. We gather together families today. It's, it's a special day. It's a special day because it marks an eternal future, an eternal hope that we never had before. That we never had before. Think about this. When they were looking at Jesus coming into Jerusalem and they were crying out, Hosanna, they, they, they envisioned in their mind, and they said this when they were walking with Jesus, He was the one that was going to redeem Israel. He's going to kind of throw off the Roman government. will be that great king, kingdom again. And then He dies. But then they find out He's not dead. And eventually they'll understand what it means that he died on the cross for them because they're not quite getting it yet. They just know he's alive. They now have a greater hope than they had before he walked, before they put him in the tomb. Before they had a temporal hope of a kingdom that would last for. 40 or 50 years. Now, they have a hope, we have a hope, of a kingdom that will last for eternity. Our sadness has been replaced by a greater hope. That changes things, doesn't it? That ought to change who we are and how we live. That ought to change who we are and how we live. So today... I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you that opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'll tell you how to do it. Okay? If you don't understand what that means, then I'll share that with you so you can understand that. And here's the things that I want you to walk up because we came in here today, and y'all look pretty, by the way. Okay, you, look, you, you clean up well, as they say. But I want us to walk away not having just celebrated the empty tomb. But I want us to walk away with the idea that tomorrow we will live differently than we lived today and the day before. So here's my two action step questions that I want to ask you and I want you to, to ponder. And then I want you to, to, to respond to those things and then make some changes where, they need to be cha where, the, where the changes need to be. The first question is, are you living like Jesus is alive? Now, that sounds like an easy question. Yeah, I am. 
But I want you to think about that. Deep down, are you living like your Savior is alive? He walked out of the grave. Are you living that way? Are you living that way? And I, I should ask the third question, but are you living like He's coming back? You understand? He, he went away, but He's coming back. The next question is, what does Jesus' death mean to you? We talked about what he, the, he must do these things. And suffer on the cross was one of those. And so what does his death mean to you? What does his death mean to you? Adam's going to come and lead us in song. I'm going to ask you guys to sing. Stand and sing. You're invited to make your way down here. You may want to come and accept Jesus. You may want to come and pray for somebody else that needs Jesus. You may want to come and pray for something else. You may want to come and join a church. I don't know. You may want to come and say, I want to be a missionary. You may come and say, I, want to, I see what you do. I want to be a preacher. Okay, whatever it might be. Know that whatever God is moving you to do, that we want to help you to take those next steps. Is our God. 
God how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God um, Stephanie come up here for a second this is Stephanie okay and she has come we're going to talk to her a little bit longer but Stephanie has come and she has asked to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior as a matter of fact she just did that prayer okay amen so let's pray for her and let's walk with her through this step as she we're going to talk about going for baptism okay so let's talk about those things as we move forward so thank you guys for being here today it's a great day to be in God's house we have the greatest event to celebrate right the resurrection of Jesus and what it means to us how it changes our eternity changes Stephanie's eternity can change your eternity change my eternity and my place and so I'm going to ask you to bow with me in prayer and then I'll dismiss you in just a moment father thank you for Stephanie coming forward this morning father just pray Lord as we walk through this Lord um, father just pray Lord that you would help us to understand what you've done for us Lord Father, that we'd help, you'd help us to take this message out to the people in the streets, Lord, our friends, our family, our co-workers, so that they too might know you as Lord and Savior. And Father, just be with us this day. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for sending your Son. Thank you, Jesus, for taking our place. And thank you for the glory of the resurrection and the hope that it provides. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's your have you read for this week. The videos will be there. I invite you to come back Wednesday night. And know that they talked about classes next Sunday night. I think there's two more classes being offered, all right? I think uh, Richard's got one, and I think Randy's got one. I don't have the names yet. So thank you, guys. Visit with one another.